This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I'm delighted to welcome Rochelle Seltzer to the show. Rochelle will talk about her mission to unleash the untapped creative capacity inside all of us. Rochelle, welcome. Thanks so much. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, I'm thrilled. I've got your beautiful book in my hand. And I say beautiful because I know we're on a podcast, but I want to just help everybody imagine how absolutely gorgeous this book is. And you and I were talking right before the show about how we both enjoy books uh, in this digital age and touching it and the tactile nature of a book. But it's got an incredible design, which honors the creativity that you bring to the table. But Rochelle, I I want to uh, help the audience understand your mission. You are a creative core coach. Tell us what that means. Well, (laughs) I believe that all of us are filled with creativity and that it's when we can tap that creativity and bring that into our lives in any number of ways that we get to live our biggest life. And that's what I call living big. So the book is titled Live Big, a Manifesto for a Creative Life. And my mission is really to help people everywhere. And particularly, I work with accomplished women who want to make a big, bold move in their lives and really want to bring all of their greatness into the world. And you write something in the beginning of the book that's so poignant, slow down and be still. And that's such a challenge for me. I'm going to be vulnerable and put it out there. And I know many women uh, suffer from that ability to, to just sit down and reflect and, and think. So take us there. How does that work? Well, it's so interesting that you pointed that out because it's the first chapter in the book. The book is divided into the being of living big and the doing of living big. And I often say that we are human beings and we spend most of our time doing and not enough time being. And I started the book with this chapter completely intuitively because I think this is my work in the world is to slow down. And I actually think that when we are able to slow down, be still, listen to our intuition um, and, and move forward with considered intention is that that's the key to living big. It's when we rush around all the time and we live reactively that it's the opposite of creating the lives we want. And my one of my many takeaways from your beautiful book is that we need to give ourselves permission to live big so we can empower ourselves to actually do it because we have the control. Oh, yes, we do. And I think many of us live on autopilot or we just drift through our lives just um, reacting all the time. Uh, getting through huge lists of to-dos, pleasing other people, uh, and not considering what what are the right decisions that we can make for ourselves? What do we want to really create in our lives with intention? And that does require some thoughtfulness and some reflection and not living at breakneck speed. You know, I love that the book is very tactical as well as motivational and inspiring. And you talk, you specifically were talking about being still and and taking that pulse, taking that time. And you said, take short savoring breaks. And that allowed me to exhale to say, okay, I don't have to sit in the lotus position, you know, for 40 minutes a day. That would be lovely when I get there. But how, how wonderful to take the baby steps. Well, that's the funny thing. I think when people think about 
living their biggest lives, they think that it has to be grand and audacious and a gigantic effort. And the truth is that even our biggest dreams begin with small steps, and it's the small, consistent practices that we can bring into our lives that accumulate into making huge change, really, really significant change. So tell me more about a creative life. What does that mean to you? Well, it's it's an irony for me because I was in the creative world as a designer, but I didn't live a really creative life for many, many years. And I was I felt very disconnected from my own creative capacity unless I was designing for my clients. And so this is really the path that I took to um, that brought me to where I am today. And I now think about creativity with if you want to think about two sides of a coin. One side is the creative expressive side, which had been very, very challenging for me. And what I have come to realize is that we can create in myriad ways and all of it lights us up, connects us to our intuition, gives us new ideas and inspiration. Um, This can be digging in a garden or planning a garden. It can be building something in a workshop. It could be um, dancing and singing just for the pleasure of it. We don't have to be virtuosos. You know, we some of us love to make things with our hands, or some of us love to collect things and research things that excite us. All of these are ways that we can add this sort of creative fuel to our lives, and we can wake our spirits up. And the other side of the coin is adopting the mindset of a creator. Because when we recognize that, as I was saying before, instead of rushing and reacting, we can pause, we can consider, and we can intentionally create every next decision and next step that's right for us. We have this agency in our lives. We feel that we've got this power, which we have, but many of us never pause and never activate that. So it's this mindset of a creator that can, in combination with some kind of creative activation, really wakes us up, really uh, gets us clear about what we want, lets us help set good boundaries, be in alignment with our values, really live the lives that are passion-driven and meaningful to us. So so I imagine there are thousands and thousands of women nodding their heads right now, listening to this, and men, certainly. But I also know that some may feel intimidated by that and think, I'm not a creative type. How do I get there? Perhaps they're intimidated. So what are your thoughts for them? Well, that's my invitation, is to let go of the story that you have to be that virtuoso uh, performer, musician, writer, actor, you know, whatever we we hold this vision of, those are the talented super people who are creative and I'm not. We all were born filled with creativity and we can all access that. And I think it's when we take this judgment away from it and we let ourselves pursue what really makes us happy, that we start to connect to that energy and then we can bring that energy into everything that we do. And it can be in the smallest ways. It can be get on the floor and play with little children. If you've got kids or nieces or nephews or whatever in your life, and that's what makes you happy. uh, It can be explore when you travel and really take magnificent photographs of small moments that are beautiful color and composition. It can be anything. I mean, goodness sakes, we all have a phone in our pocket and that phone has a camera. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, take a walk down the street and see where you can find something 
that will surprise you and delight you and frame it in your camera. There's so many small things that we can do to delight ourselves. So I'm going to ask you to take us down your personal road because you had a big shift. You mentioned uh, you sold your business after 27 years and embarked on an entirely new direction. That's tough. (laughs) I never saw it coming, actually. I hired a coach in the fall of 2009, I think. We were heading into a this recession and things were looking serious and I had never had help before. And uh, there was this business coach that I met and I thought, well, that probably makes sense. And what I didn't expect was that the work was really going to start with me. How was I leading my clients? How was I leading my team? How was I showing up or not showing up in our marketing? And it woke me up in my life. And eventually you know, we, we did make it through this recession, but what I came to the realization was that I had been really asked to answer some very uncomfortable questions, but very revealing questions. And I came to realize that I wasn't really happy there. It was something that I was proud to have built and I was doing it because it was there every day. And I made the, the move to say, I'm ready to sell this business and figure out what's next way before I knew what that would be. And I think it's really, I wouldn't be living the life I live today if I hadn't had that guidance and hadn't found that courage and trust in myself. And um, I've never looked back and I'm grateful every day that I made that decision. But you know, people make decisions to live big that are not such grand change. <laughs> and it's it, there's no right or wrong for any of us. We all have to find what's right in our own lives. Rochelle, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. For being vulnerable and, and sharing that story, I'm, I'm deeply grateful for that. You know, one of the particular uh, sections of the book that really jumped out at me is live without fear. Because you said it was scary when you made that shift, but you knew something else was was calling you. So how do we begin to peel away the layers of fear? Well, you know, I think about the many faces of what I call the self-critic. So there's perfectionism and procrastination and comparing ourselves to others and feeling like an imposter. But truly fear is is the major way that we are limited in our lives. And it's... You know, we live in a culture that's very fear-based. Our advertising is fear-based. Um, so much is leveraged around fear, and we come, become accustomed to it. And it's when we pull back and realize that we're hardwired for fear because our lizard brains, you know, back in, in those you know, millennia ago, we needed to be on the alert for danger. And truly, in the life that most of us live today, there isn't much danger. 
but there's a ton of fear. And so when we can pause and reflect on what are we afraid of, what is this fear based on, and does this really require fear, or does it require another possible response from us, it's easier to let go of that. Um, the other thing is that really our it's based on our ego that we can have a little compassion for ourselves. Our ego is trying to keep us safe right the way that we are. It's happy with the status quo. And every time you decide to stretch or rock the boat a little or try something new, something inside of you says, whoa, 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 <laughs> you sure you want to do that? And so if you can have some compassion for the fact that there's a part of you that doesn't want to see any change because it feels comfortable where it is, but another part of you is ready to make a bolder move, try something new, test the waters in some new way, we can really start to overcome fear. So what are some common mistakes that we make that stop down or suppress our creative impulses? Well, I think it's the expectations we have of ourselves. It's the misconceptions that we have, that we have to do something grand and bold and perfect. Uh, we're afraid to take risks because we're afraid of failure. And I just say to people that when you try something new, very rarely will something terrible happen. You can laugh it off sometimes. You can say, well, that didn't work. Let me try something else. We all know that the great inventors have all, you know, I think that Edison had over a thousand uh, tries at creating his light bulb. He didn't consider them failures. He considered that information that he could move on from and try something new. So it's all the way that we choose to move forward in our lives and that we choose to um, allow ourselves the grace of making an attempt and learning from it instead of feeling like we're failures if it doesn't go perfectly. Thank you for destigmatizing failure. I, like you, embrace it. And, and I, I think of the concept of failing forward fast and often. It's a learning experience. And I, I am a better person because of how I fail. Yes. And I love the fact that business has adopted that. Interestingly, I think individuals have not adopted that nearly as readily. And it's a lesson that we can all, we can all bring into our lives. Rochelle, there's a juicy part of the book called The Doing of Living Big. And I'd love for you to pick an example or two about the way the book guides women to live a creative life and to live big. Well, you know, the first chapter in the in the living in the doing section, I'm sorry, is called Listen to Your Intuition. And much like the being still and slowing down in the first part of the book, I think learning to tap into listening to our intuition is a huge way that we can actively live big. Um, our intuition comes from the gut, which is neurologically considered our second brain. And either we're so busy or so disconnected that we don't hear those messages. Or if you're like I used to be, you heard the messages and then you tried to ride, override them <laughs> with logic <laughs> or determination and not honor the wisdom that we have in our, in our intuition. So I love that chapter, and I think it's really a great, great asset when people start to listen and trust their intuition. Um, the second chapter in that part of the book is create, which we've already talked about, what happens when you create expressively and how special that is. But the, one of my other favorite chapters is about living boldly. 
I used to feel years ago that uh, I wasn't such a bold person and I had an image of what it meant to live boldly. It meant to be sort of loud and dynamic. And the truth is we can live boldly in any number of flavors. What's bold for you now? What would be a bold move to take? What would be a bold conversation to have, even if it's a quiet conversation? I think it's a really important way that we really live fully. Um, I also love the chapter on play because many of us discount the value and the importance of what happens to our spirits when we let ourselves play. It's also very tied to living without fear, right? And being able to experiment and fail. But the, the value of play and just absolute joy in our lives is tremendous. So um, I don't know. Are there other chapters you want to talk about? <laughs> no, they're great. I, I do. I want, I want to pull back and, and talk about passion. Uh, as, a, as a career coach, I hear often uh, women who hit the, hit the wall and say, I have no idea what I'm passionate about because they yeah. haven't given themselves that, that space to think. So talk to me about passion because the, the chapter about tapping your passion is important. Well, thank you. I agree too. Um, you know, this really ties back to some of what we've already said, that if you have um, create the space to connect to what's in your heart, what lights you up, what brings you joy, that you can connect to and, and explore that, you know, um, give yourself space to have creative dates with yourself, to just do things that delight you. Find what lights up your heart. And then when you find that, and it could be a big surprise to you, because so many of us are disconnected from what we really want and what we really care about. And then I always say that that piece of, of desire that we hold when we connect to it, if we nurture it, we can find a way to bring it into our lives. It may or may not change the work that we do, but it can change the way that we work. It may not change our you know, the people with whom we relate, but it changes the way that we relate to them. It's, I think that this is, um, this is a gift we give ourselves is to give ourselves the space to, to make those connections, to explore what really is important and lights us up and then bring it into our lives with, with intention. Beautifully put. So Rochelle, as we, as we bring this conversation to a close, uh, two things that I want you to speak to, uh, gratitude and the opportunity to embrace change. Well, gratitude is something that we hear about a lot and people can sometimes shrug off. Well, that's nice, but what does that really do? The truth is that when we take the time to consider what we're grateful for, all the small things, the very subtle things, somebody that smiled at us or held a door for us when we had packages in our hands to the way that um, we saw a moment of beauty, the way light came in a window. These are things that bring us into hyper-awareness about the small things in life that are special. And when we actually connect to that, we know that there's research that shows that this can change a lot of things, our mental health, our physical health, um, it can bring beautiful change into our lives to just bring that awareness in and, and have a practice of gratitude. Um, some people do it first thing in the morning. Some people make it an evening ritual. It doesn't have to be 
a big deal, but it by um, I I love to say what am I grateful for and why, when you can expand on why this was meaningful and brings you a sense of gratitude. It's a way that I I sometimes say we um, we kind of savor it enough to lock it to disc, <laughs> and it really holds power in our lives, and. The, the embracing change is something that, you know, we live in such a fast-paced world and change is all around us all the time. And this is very closely connected to our ability to live without fear, to welcome change, to um, look for what's possible and to really pay attention to how we respond, what the emotions are. Um, not falling prey to, to uh, kind of knee-jerk reactions, but really being thoughtful. And then what do we want to create in this time of change? Because we always get to create our next step. And even when the change brings on challenges that are not what we would have liked, and we may even have terrible alternatives in a given moment, we always get to create our next step and the one after and the one after. And when you feel that agency in your life, that you have the capacity to keep creating your way forward. You can make your way through any kind of change. What a beautiful way to bring this conversation to a close. Rochelle Seltzer, I am so grateful for you. I, I love your book and I'm so eager to tell our global listening audience how they can buy it. The title is Live Big, a Manifesto for a Creative Life. And it's available at your amazing website called the Live Big Book. Dot com and bonus shipping is free so i hope everybody listening gets online and and orders a book michelle thank you oh such a pleasure what a great conversation today thank you carolyn and i wish you great success and i hope our paths continue to cross as do i and if you like the show subscribe on spotify itunes or soundcloud and even better leave a review because this helps new listeners find us online and a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.